0: Everyone and welcome back for another episode of Living Creatively, where we discuss topics that fellow creatives like ourselves deal with from day to day as we make our way through this interesting world we are living in. Today we are doing something a little different, and not only <laughs> am I here for it, I am totally excited. Aren't you excited, Angela? Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> the tables have turned, and like last week. Where you guys got the opportunity to get to know me. Now we are turning the spotlight on to our co-host, Angela Dalton, as she shares her wisdom and knowledge as a fellow creative and published author. All right. All right. So here we go. Okay. See, I thought I was slick, like having yep. you go first. Mm-hmm. And now I forgot. Now mm-hmm. there's payback. Mm-hmm. There, is. <laughs> there is. There is. There is. I I, I get to see I'm like, oh, so this is this is how this is going. Oh, okay. This is how you want to do this? Bet. All right. Okay. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All righty. Well, of course, first things first. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm
1: doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's always just a loaded question this year, right? And, I know. Um, I think I realized, too, <laughs> in 2019, how mm-hmm. it was just such a trigger when people were like, how are you doing? You're like, I'm fine. Especially when you're not fine.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it... Definitely this year, it's like, it has given me like pause, like, mm-hmm. no, how are you really doing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, things, you know, we are where we are and we will see what we'll, what we'll see. And, uh, the best we can do is day by
0: day and hour by hour. So all right, I'm good. I got new well, glasses. I'm happy about that. And they are the cutest. <laughs> I mean, we spent like probably like fifty five minutes. I was like, hold on. We can't just skip over this. Can we discuss the glasses here? because these are these are too cute they're wearing me out seriously
1: thank you thank you you know it's little things we got to find those little little bits of joy and these are the first glasses that have brought me pure joy pure joy
0: yes and I think that they're cute so they brought me joy too just looking at them we'll post a picture on our what do you want to do social media yeah we'll do it on social media we'll do it on instagram or something like that So you guys can be able to see, (laughs) see the cuteness overload. (laughs) So speaking of social media, there (laughs) is a challenge that has been going around and I'm not sure if you ever saw it. Uh, It was called uh, where we started versus where we are now. Mm. Did you see that one? I have. Yes. And I thought that would be an excellent way for us to be able to get started into your interview process. (laughs) Uh, okay. So, let everyone know where did it start. Where are you originally from? What was your professional background at the time? Like, give us the give us the start, the starting the place, start the start. Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
1: I'm originally from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I was born in uh, a, a city a suburb south of uh, Minneapolis called Edina and I have to say it like that, Edina, because Edina is known as, uh, we're known as the cake eaters, if that gives you any indication to what going is Oh, I love this place already. (laughs) No, you don't, girl. No, you don't. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, We might have to edit that part out. I don't want people from my high school coming at me at the next (laughs) high school reunion. (laughs) What you talking? (laughs) <laughs> um so edina let's see it's, yeah so we're known as the cake eaters it's it was I mean, they 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 ate and drank and talked and slept hockey um i was a hockey
0: cheerleader if you can what? believe that yes
1: yes i was a hockey oh, cheerleader so
0: adorable <laughs> I didn't even know hockey had cheerleaders. Was that something just in Edina or is that, was, was that a thing?
1: Well, definitely was Minnesota, but I mean, it was just like the thing you did, you know, like those are, those are those things that you do when you're in high school. Okay. Um, so let's see. So, yeah, so I was born in Edina, but then my dad was, he worked for the government and we moved around a lot. So, I was actually more of like a government brat where we lived in Minneapolis, we lived in Chicago, we spent some time in uh, DC, um, mm-hmm. Seattle, and San Diego. We just kind of more like did little interim trips with them, but he worked for the Department of Labor and so we moved around a lot, which You know, some people are always like, how could you do that? And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I didn't know anything different. So I didn't see it as a bad thing. Um, And I just got to, you know, see new places, meet new people, like see the see how different the the United States was. So it was kind of cool. And that probably was what set me in the direction of writing because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like if we were on long road trips and moving or on airplanes moving, like I would just write and I loved to read too. I was a voracious reader. I, oh my gosh, I always had a book, my face in a book. Um, I was one of those kids that like the parents are like, can you stop reading? And I'm like, really, you want me to stop (laughs) reading? okay. Mm -hmm. Um, the library was my babysitter. I was Mm -hmm. reading things at age, at the ages that I should not have been reading. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was reading Stephen King at eight and you know, my parents were like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, okay. You're also a brave child. (laughs) I just, I loved looking at words, you know, Mm -hmm. I loved seeing how writers strung words together. Um, And it was also really hard to find books, you know, that were written by black people, black authors. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, the very few, Octavia Butler, Mm -hmm. uh, Maya Angelou, Mm -hmm. uh, Alice Walker, Toni Morrison... Mm -hmm. uh, Um, I devoured their books, um, because not only could I see myself in them, but it was like, oh, they're actually doing this, you know, like you can, black people can write books, you know, like that was just illuminating to me Mm -hmm. as a child. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I grew up in the, I grew up all over and, um, then we finally settled, my father retired and we settled in, in Minneapolis back in Edina. And that's oh, where I okay. went to high school, and I went to college at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. I went to a journalism school. Mm-hmm. Um, reluctantly, I didn't want to do that. I I had applied to. Um, they had a creative writing program. -hmm. And I really wanted to apply, and I did actually. And part of the application was that you had to submit a manuscript. I think it was like 10, 25 pages, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I worked so hard on this manuscript, and I submitted it, and I got in. And my dad was like, I'm not paying thousands of dollars for you to be a starving Uh artist. You know? Uh Dads be out here, don't they? Seriously. I, I remember I was listening recently to a podcast with uh, Spike Lee being interviewed by Alec Baldwin. And Spike said something that just hit my chest so hard. And he's like, you know, the biggest killers of people's dreams are their parents. And I was yeah. like, oh, uh. that is so true. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it wasn't so much that my dad wanted me, didn't want me to be a writer. He was just mm-hmm. like, you need to find something to make money and mm-hmm. and be a writer. And that's how I got in the School of Journalism, because it was like the day before the admissions was over, my counselor was like, why don't you just try to go to the School of Journalism? And I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't have a portfolio. I haven't written any. I don't know. And he's like, just submit your manuscript, see what happens. And I got in on my manuscript, which was cool. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, black parents, like Mm -hmm. because of the history of this country, Mm -hmm. they make they they make decisions where they say things that are fear-based and it's understandable why my dad was like, I'm not going to pay money for you to be a starving artist because he was worried about my future. Right. You know, I can see that now as an adult, as a, as a, you know, young adult, I was just like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) you know, like I'll show you (laughs) and everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. It was, it was not, it wasn't easy for him. And I was the first woman on my, Mom's side of the family, like my grandmother, gra- my grandmother, and my mother to go to college. Oh, OK. So, you know, there was a lot to carry
0: there. Mm-hmm. So. So then after you went to college, did you go ahead and go directly into anything journalism? How did your pro- professional career kind of play out?
1: So when I was in journalism, I re- like I quickly learned I didn't want to be a journalist.
0: OK. It's <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. Sometimes that's what college ends up being for. <laughs> it,
1: it really does. It really is beneficial that way. Um, and so there was an advertising track. And um, my journalism school counselor, again, was like, hey, if you like telling stories, if you like human behavior, because I was taking psychology and I was taking art history and I was like, I'm really into like human behavior and why people act the way they do. It's like go into marketing and advertising, become a copywriter. And I was like, okay. bet. And, and that's what I did. So when I came out of school, I went directly into advertising. Um, and that was the time when tech was starting to kind of creep into the industry. And um, I just ended up, I, I, I was writing for a while, and I started to hate it. Because mm-hmm. um, when you submit scripts to clients... Mm -hmm. you know, they just tear it apart. And so it was like, I felt like they were tearing my baby apart. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I can't, I don't want this to be the thing that kills the thing that I love to do. Right. And so I moved into being a producer and I was a producer for many, many years.
0: Let's go (laughs) ahead and go into the, where we are now, because I know that you're saying that you had the, um, as a child, that was where you fell in love with writing, but Mm -hmm. how did you actually get into writing? Like, how did you get, from producing to writing and now, uh, like what brought you to the Bay area? So
1: for the writing piece of it, I, I mean, that was something that's always been in my career, right? Mm-hmm. So as a producer, you have to write cause sometimes you can't afford to hire a writer. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the jobs that I worked on, my clients were, um, television shows and mm-hmm. networks. So I worked mm-hmm. on a lot of, uh, games, online game development for mm-hmm. Nickelodeon, Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, and I loved it. I loved okay. learning like about how you tell a story, a character arc, and all the different characters. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite projects that I worked on was with Andre Three Thousand of Outcast. Nice. Oh girl, you couldn't <laughs> tell me nothing for like years
0: after <laughs> Shoot, you can't tell me nothing. I'm a brag. I'm going to be like, my friend worked with Andre 3000. I know your head was big because I'm about to use it. I'm like, yes, this one, she my friend. She worked Andre 3000. Andre 3000.
1: Mm-hmm. Three, zero, 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 yes, zero.
0: That's, that's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friend worked with him.
1: Um, Actually, that'd be 30000 but that's okay. Who's counting? (laughs) Obviously, math was not a strong suit for me. Um, I will get us there. So so he had a TV show called uh, The Class of 3000. It was about a music teacher who was teaching these kids in an after-school program, you know, how to appreciate life and how to appreciate life through music. And I just, and I got to write a script for him. So he read my script. Girl, I mean, I was like in it. And it just was something that I was like, I want to do this. I want to write stuff for kids because kids like to laugh, you know, Mm -hmm. and they laugh with their whole face and their Mm -hmm. whole chest and, and if they don't like something, they will tell you that they don't like something. They they this have no filter, but mm-hmm. they'll still love you even if you, they don't like what you're mm-hmm. doing. And I just really loved working on stuff for kids. So it just so happened that every time I made a career change or, or moved to a different company, somehow I just started, I, I was always working for content for kids. Mm-hmm. So then in 2016... Uh, my husband got a different position within his job, but the company that he works for is headquartered in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And they, he he was like, we might have to move to San Francisco. And I was like, Oh, twist my arm from negative 65 below zero wind chill factor in Minnesota, 12 feet of snow to Oakland. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to ask me twice. Mm -hmm. And so that's what brought us out here. And, um, it was a very rare opportunity that I look at as being both um, a fortune and a privilege. And that mm-hmm. was that I had a moment to just sit and think about what I wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, had, you know, left my job, obviously, in Minnesota and um, was kind of looking for something new in the Bay Area. And I, was, I gravitated towards tech because that had been my background, but that's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so my husband was like, well, what is it that you've always wanted to do? And I said, I've always wanted to write a children's book. And so here we are. Uh, four years later, I sat down and just started thinking about what kind of book and mm-hmm. what it would be about. And um, that's where, if you look up to the sky, came to be. Nice. And so I self-published that book. That was kind of what I look at as my learning book. Mm-hmm. Um of learning how the publishing process is done, Mm -hmm. how you work with illustrators and how you, you know, find your distributors, all that stuff, the whole business of it, which was fascinating to me. And um, so then I've been able to kind of just build on that year by year. Um, I, started writing more manuscripts more children's books I got an agent in 2019 mm-hmm. um, and Yay! Yay! <laughs> and then um, we sold some books and obviously like that's like the condensed version there was a lot of crying and tears and blood and sweat that went into mm-hmm. that process it didn't this wasn't all like and then I did this and then I did this now there was a right. lot of days that I'm just like, I am the worst human being on the surface the surface of this earth.
0: I right. have no talent.
1: <laughs> but um but yeah, so that's how I came to the Bay Area and um and that's why I'm writing books now.
0: Okay. So well we know that you are not a fan of negative degree weather. And <laughs> but you are loving <gasps> being in Cali. You we... know
1: it's not that I hate it, it's just that um you get I, I got too old. I'm seasoned. Mm-hmm. I am too mm-hmm. seasoned. My skin is too precious. Mm. I have spent too many years putting cocoa butter on the right. skin to keep it nice and supple. Yeah. That that weather does not work.
0: Right, <laughs> right.
1: So Minnesota is a beautiful state. Let me say that mm. it's a beautiful state. Um, it, it, it's really fun in the summertime. Um, there's things to do. There's wonderful like art culture. Wonderful food culture. It's getting more diverse. I mean, we mm-hmm. all know kind of where. Um, the other side of Minneapolis, because of what's right. happened with George Floyd, mm-hmm. um, and that—that that was actually my community. Um, we lived ten blocks from where he was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there are obviously like every place has its problems, right? And it's mm-hmm. growing and and it's changing. But overall, I would say as a as a state um, of things to be found to do, it was mm-hmm. it was a great place to grow up. I had fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you think are like the stark contrast is between living there and living here. That's really been like living (laughs) here. You've been like, you know what? I like this or, whoa, this is really different than what I am used to. And I, I need to kind of shift a little bit in order to get used to this. Right.
1: Um, Oakland for me was like coming home. I, when the first week that I lived in Oakland walking into a restaurant and I was not the only person of color. Yeah. And actually it actually was the opposite of walking in and being like, Oh wait, everybody looks like me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and walking around like Merritt and, and mm-hmm. the, just the sheer diversity of, mm-hmm. of people here. Mm-hmm. It, it just felt like this is the kind of, Place I've always wanted to be. I also have to say the Bay Area has a wonderful, amazing writing community, especially in oh, children's muni- literature. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I really, I think I can say without a doubt that I don't think I would be doing the writing or th- having the writing success that I have had if I had not been
0: living in the Bay Area. You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, Thank you, Oat Town. I, well, I was talking about. Oh, you. I was talking about. Yeah, I was. Stay focused. I was talking about the um the booklet I sent you on places to live. That I thought that you might you and your husband might enjoy. Um, I love you really. Like, no, 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 no. No, I mean no, me. I am no saying me. thank you to you. To, to me. No, to, to me. Let's be clear. Focus.
1: Yes. Yes. I would not be here without Miss Monica, obviously. You're, you're thank right. you so uh, much.
0: Oh, stop, stop. Keep it coming. <laughs>
1: Uh, Just for our listeners who might not know, really quickly, when I was looking, I didn't know anything about the Bay Area. I met Monica on Instagram. We talked about this on her interview, so go back and listen to it. And she was the one who, like, wrote me a three-page email about (laughs) all the places that I need
0: to go with walking scores, the crime scores, the projection... You, it was I'm buttoned thorough. up. <laughs> I didn't want her to end up in a bad place. I'm thorough. I care about so you. Thorough. <laughs> so thorough. So we are learning the things that are your, that you like. So let's do a little game Ooh. of Angela's favorites. Okay. And you can tell me what are your favorites in these different categories. So our listeners can be <laughs> able to get another side of what your character and your personality is like. Oh, boy. Your favorite song? My favorite
1: song. Uh, That's so hard because there's so many genres of songs. There's so many. Girl, pick
0: one. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, no,
1: pick it. (laughs) Okay, I I would have to say I think my favorite song of all time is Killing Me Softly.
0: Wow. Really? Yes. The original.
1: Okay. The original.
0: Oh, the original. The original. Oh, you, had to, you had to specify on that one. Now that's true. That is a beautiful, beautiful
1: song. I, it, it's just, I don't know. There's just something about the story of it, right? That like that Roberta Flack? It was Roberta Flack. Yes, it was. Ooh, I'm glad
0: I got that right. We you did had that <laughs>
1: the, Because the whole song tells a story. Right. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. Like just that feeling of like this, I like, that feeling of, like, you know, a young girl, like walking into a mm-hmm. place and seeing that person for mm-hmm. the first time and like that butterflies and taking your breath away and, mm-hmm. and then it just going south. Um, <laughs> 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 I don't know why it's always just stuck with me. It's just so in her voice. I mean, it's Roberta Flack. So
0: yeah. Okay. So favorite movie. You're gonna make me pull out like my inner geek, man. Pull that bad boy out the closet. Put her front and center. My
1: favorite movie is The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Wait, what?
0: (laughs) What? Wait, did that even play in the theaters? Oh, my God. Oh, I don't think I've
1: ever said that out loud. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I, my. One of the things that my dad loved when I was growing up was he loved British comedy. So I grew okay. up with Monty Python, Flying mm-hmm. Circus. I grew mm-hmm. up watching So Not Appropriate, but again, I think I've already established my parents were not very appropriate parenting
0: mm-hmm. skills or
1: they don't have them, was um, Benny Hill. I used to watch Benny Hill, but it was on the low. Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm like out here dishing all my parents bad business, but I don't care. Um, And so, um, and Terry Gilliam, the director of the movie, who also was part of Monty Python Flying Circus, Mm -hmm. was from Minnesota. And so, you know, like as as a kid, like you don't know any better. You're just like, oh, her name's Angela, so I like her, you know, and like he's from Minnesota, so I'm going to support that. You don't know any better to like, Okay, you, know, you
0: were riding for the community even out of younger.
1: But you so it's like this fairy tale movie about this little kid who gets like kidnapped by a bunch of pirates. Wait, what? <laughs> You're gonna have to just check it out. You're just gonna have to Google it. You're just gonna have to
0: Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I like I love the movie now. It's like So let me be parents? clear, you love the movie <laughs> that was about a child getting kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just said I've never said this out loud and this is the reason why I'm sorry. I'ma remove that judgment. Let me let me say that. Let me let me let me rephrase that. So you like a movie that's about a child getting kidnapped. No, either way you say it. (laughs) Either way you say it. I tried. Either way you say it, it don't sound right. Okay, it's your favorite movie though. Oh my god. Oh god. You gotta watch it to understand why. Look it up. I'm gonna need you to text me first because this is a mouthful, (laughs) and then I'm gonna look it up.
1: Oh, I am crying over here. I am crying. Oh, I don't like this at all. Whatever. So, your favorite,
0: (laughs) (laughs) your favorite place you've visited on vacation? Cinque Terre, Italy. Oh, I've always wanted to go there. You've been. Ben loved
1: it. Oh. Oh my goodness, it was magical. It was magical. Um, I went, it was like during college, um, Mm -hmm. my last year of college, I actually was done a little bit early. And so I had, and this was back when they had quarter systems. So I'm pretty sure I just aged myself. Um, (laughs) but I had a quarter where I, there were no classes that I could take. And so a friend of mine and I went and backpacked around Europe for about two and a half months, almost three months.
0: Oh and that's so cool.
1: It was the coolest thing ever. It was it was the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. No, not in my life, but it
0: was it was pretty monumental in my I didn't even know that. That's Cinque Terre is all <sighs> is like freaking gorgeous if I was to go and I had to pick one place in Italy that has always been on my bucket list. Didn't know that you've been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> You know, you just also put in there that you, it wasn't there. You were backpacking through Europe. That was just one of the stops. Slight flex, just a slight flex. But, and then you did it as a young child. It was, you, you graduated early. Another slight flex, but you know, I took all those blows. <laughs> well, I didn't it graduate was, early. It was just that I couldn't take the you, classes that I needed because yeah. they weren't available. You so finished I actually, your cur- Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so most of us just sat at home and decided to eat something. I mean, we were college students. You decided to backpack through Europe. Oh, my God. For two months as a college student, we attended college differently. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I love a slight flex, though. I am celebrating that. (laughs) And then the other slight flex was, well, it wasn't the biggest moment, but it was a moment. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I don't know. Oh, but, my God. <laughs> we definitely had two different two different points that we were coming from. <laughs> oh, this interview is not going the way that I envisioned that it was going to. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. That's cool. I'll bring you back to your home place. Your, fa- your favorite book. Can you not try to flex all over oh like. <laughs> a book, just give me a book. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay, okay. Um, I just <laughs> there's so like this is this is an evil question to ask me. You know this, right? Like, what's my favorite book? That's as, almost as bad as a song. Um okay, but a book that I just read that I loved. Okay. Uh, Another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson. Another Brooklyn. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Anything by Jacqueline Woodson is just brilliant. It's just pure mm-hmm. brilliance. Um, none of her books are very long. They're, mm-hmm. She does a mix of picture books and, and young adult novels. This is a young adult novel.
0: Okay.
1: And it's just about four girls and their time growing up in like 1970s Brooklyn. And it's just mm-hmm. beautiful just beautiful. Like it makes me want to throw my computer against the wall and give up because of how well it's written. She's just an amazing writer.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So then your favorite moment as a writer, as an author Mm -hmm. that has happened to you so far? I don't think there's a particular moment, but
1: the Mm -hmm. fact of going, that I get the opportunity to be invited to go into a classroom and read to kids Mm
0: -hmm. is my Mm -hmm.
1: favorite thing. I, I, Like again, I love kids. There's just, they're just so pure and honest and open and and they just love your attention. They're just glad mm-hmm. that you're there, that there's an mm-hmm. adult giving them attention, mm-hmm. that it's just I mean, that's one that's been hard with 2020 is not being able to go on in-person author visits and seeing kids. Yeah. And I know that te- I know that teachers are struggling. I feel so bad for teachers. Yeah. Um it's hard. I have done a couple online readings in classrooms oh, and nice. it's hard. It is hard. Oh yeah. Anybody who thinks that teachers have it easy because they're online? mm-mm. You got 10 kids if you're lucky and mm-hmm. they're all just like, you know, like I'll be reading and I'd be reading and they're like, "You're pretty." And I'm like, okay, that's great. Thank you. We're going to continue. And then you keep going. And then they're like, where'd you get your hair done? And let's stay focused. You know, and I'm like, I can't like, that was a hard half hour. I can't even imagine having to do this like four or five hours a day, five days a week. But, but I miss the babies. I miss the babies so much. They're just so cute. And they're just so awesome. And their imaginations are amazing.
0: Well, so then looking into the future, because I noticed that, you know, um, of course, you really enjoyed even when you were doing the producing side of things that you really enjoyed um, doing working on projects that dealt with children and you always seem to circle back to things that are dealing with children, whether it's reading for them or creating books or anything like that. So looking forward into the future. Um, and even when you were talking about the books that you read, I know that noticed that not only just in this book, that sometimes even in books, you've suggested to me that they are usually young adult books. Mm-hmm. So, um, saying it one more time, looking into <laughs> the future, <laughs> jeez, um, are you, um, what, what do you see as far as like, what you want to do? Is there like layers to this? Are you wanting to stay in the children's book world? Are you wanting to stay in the book world? Like or you wanted to venture out into other things. And if you venture out into other things, would they still have that common thread of it being um, child-based, um, you know, in the children's section? I think so. I think
1: okay. so. That's a really good question. I don't know if I, um, how far into the future I've allowed myself to look into at this point, but um, cause I'm just really kind of honored and grateful to be and humbled to be mm-hmm. here right now because the, Children's, I mean, just liter- the literary industry. We've talked about this is like mm-hmm. is going through a change, a much needed change, and a lot of that is spawned by like what's been happening with Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. and um, you know and other movements um, where you know you've got this old institution of publishing that has traditionally and historically made it hard for BIPOC people or mm-hmm. people of different sexual orientations or identities mm-hmm. to be a part of. Mm-hmm. and i had the um i know that i am fortunate and the, and had the privilege of riding the wave of that mm-hmm. because that's changing and because there have been all of these you know pioneering um authors of color who have been you know doing it decade after decade after decade and it's changing so i i want to honor that that i want to be a part of this movement that there are so many other black amazing authors and and just bipoc authors out there mm-hmm. um But I really like children's books and I think that is just kind of my best niche and I think that's part of like this my storytelling journey Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: that I hope to be part of that transformative uh, that transformation of consciousness of thinking like black is beautiful, Mm -hmm. brown is beautiful, Mm -hmm. being a woman is like the is just such is so empowering. Mm-hmm. It's not something to be shameful of. It's not something to, it, you know, have other people's categorizations or labeling and in, in, um, opinions of you as validation of who you are. Mm-hmm. That is, that I, I want to be part of that movement of breaking that the chains of that, and it is a chain, and it's continuing to, you know, hold women of all races, of all ethnicities down. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think
0: children are kind of the ones who need us the most. (laughs) And it's so interesting because you say that you don't think that far in the future, but I have, and I know I've said several times, I'm like, so when you um, are working on this TV show, (laughs) I I just need you to make sure that if you make a character that you don't make one and I look at it and I can tell that it's me I need you to wash that down some. <laughs> or when you do your movie and it is premiering at the Sundance um festival I just want you to make sure that you remember that we are friends so that I can come and I've said these things and you get all squirmy and like eh yeah. but I'm like no for real that's that's what I see those different things for you of being able to write into going into the script world, even if that's not what you see for yourself. I'm not sure. That's why I was asking, do you see yourself venturing into other areas or are you just Mm -hmm. wanting to stay like in books or do you see like TV or film or you just don't want to say it? I could, (laughs) You I don't want to say it. No. Um,
1: (laughs) I could, I could see moving into fil- film and 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 television script writing. I'm definitely really interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's just it's just mm-hmm. a lot of work and it's, you know, it's highly competitive. I and mean, it's mm-hmm. not that I'm afraid of work. That's not the mm-hmm. right thing. But it's just it's a different kind of grit, and mm-hmm. I think if I were younger, I might still have that grit, mm-hmm. but being seasoned, mhm i don't know if i have if i want to deal with that anymore i don't think Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can play that game anymore because it's all a game right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and i just don't think i want to play it anymore um kudos to whoever can right but um i like good people i like surrounding myself with good people and i like Mm um i don't know living is already hard why make it harder
0: yeah. And <laughs> you know? well, then just speaking as a seasoned um, person who's been in the writing field and uh, published author, what are some um, what I wish I knew lessons? Like when you look back and from the first moment that you started writing, like mm-hmm. say after you decided to move to the Bay Area, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. From that moment, until now, and you look back and you're like, man, I wish I would have known this. Like, what are, like, one or two things that you, that stick out that you're like, whoa. My life would have been so much easier if I would have known this so that the battle wasn't so hard. First of all, I like that you know me well enough that you know you have to put a, put me in a box. Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: So, Angela, we're going to start at the moment that you arrived at the Bay Area. Yes. Not before then. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Nope. We're going to stay. 2016, right here. Right here. <laughs> right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the things that I wish that I knew were, um, I wish that I didn't worry so much about, again, not worrying about what other people thought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the, the unfortunate part with writing is that it's very solitary. Mm-hmm. And then once you finish something, it's really about sharing it to other people and getting their opinions, which can be mm-hmm. really hard. You have to have mm-hmm. a thick skin for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then also like when you go into looking for an agent and you're, you're qu- sending out queries to agents and you're getting rejection after rejection after rejection, mm-hmm. um, I had to learn, I wish I had known that like that rejection wasn't about me and it wasn't about my writing. Mm-hmm. It just, it could have been that that person maybe had three other stories that were similar to mine or yeah. they had just, pub. you know, they just taken on a, a client who had similar voice in their writing. Um, so I wish I, you know, like, I, I wish it's like, just step outside of yourself that it's not about you, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to not make it about you or not internalize those kind of things because they're your creations, you know, it's like somebody telling you your child is ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wish I had known that. And I wish I had, uh, what else? I wish I had, um not waited for permission. Mm. I think for a long time, just because of those experiences that I had before 2016. So I'm just going to step a toe out of the box. (laughs) I think, um, I think, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I feel like for majority of people feel like they need permission to be told to do the thing that they want to do.
0: And I wish I just given myself permission to do that at a lot
1: earlier age.
0: Yeah. I think that that's a big one. I think because just like when we go back and we talk about how, you know, um, you know, parents are the the ones who might be the 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 dream killers, even (laughs) if their intentions are supposed to be really good. But really, a lot of things are children come in with their own personality, their own gifts and everything, and they start to um, show them fairly early. And what happens between childhood and adult it, adulthood is that at some points in their life, people are telling them, no, this is not good, this mm-hmm. is good. No, this is bad, this is better. No, you can't do this, you need to do this. And little by little, the uniqueness of who they are, their creative being gets chipped away. Yes. Now, how much support you have, And how early it shows up in your life, the more creativity you're able to preserve as you get into your adulthood. But depending on your path, if you've had a lot of people chipping away at it, then all of a sudden you will put it down Mm -hmm. inside you and bury it. Which is why you have so many people who do come out as adults and they end up circling back. And they end up becoming something um, that they always wanted to do, whether it was a chef or whether it was painting or whether it was a baker. Yes. They always yeah. end up doing that because it's by the time you get to an adult that you have a, you get the attitude of, you know what, I could care less what you think. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't usually come until later, and you end up circling back. So I think that that's really important. I wish a lot of our younger uh, people who are creatives, whether they're in their 20s or whatever, I wish that they would really understand like this is the time that if this is what you're really feeling, this is what you're really wanting to go after, then like nurture those things. It's yeah, okay absolutely. to be that without having to get permission. Now, look, if you are on, on somebody else's dime now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little different. That's a little That's a different track. It's a little <laughs> different now. We got to... <laughs> We got to make sure you on your own. Now, if you want somebody else's dime, you need to take all the critiques and the uh, the suggestions that they may have. Um, but if you are on your own and you are making your own way, I think that that's an amazing point, Angela. is It's just definitely, yeah, don't wait for permission because just it's, it's mm-hmm. mainly you're saying like I'm I'm taking it. You're saying like you're waiting for permission from yourself mm-hmm. because other people are already telling you what they think it's you saying yes or no. So you're giving yourself permission to either go against the grain or to go with the crowd.
1: Yeah. And I think it's hard for specifically black creators. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously that's what I identify as. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 in conversations that I'm having with a lot of other black creators yourself, um, you know, other friends who are designers, mm-hmm. they, we all, you know, I think we've all had that shared experience of like, there were like four things that would have been um, okay, that would have been approved, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a lawyer, a mm-hmm. doctor, mm-hmm. A, a, a trader, you know, financial, mm-hmm. and, um, and a teacher. But as long as you were a professor, mm-hmm. not like an elementary school, you know, like right. there were mm-hmm. just all these, these expectations, Mm-hmm. Of of what we could do, and and I understand again part of that it comes from the civil rights era of like this idea of like we had to fight our our grandparents our our relatives had to fight for that right that mm-hmm. was a struggle, and it opened up this it opened up a world of possibilities that they didn't have for themselves, mm-hmm. um, but. Again, it was like all of a sudden, like everybody was being kind of like pushed like a, you know, a round peg through a square hole mm-hmm. of like, well, you are, you are going to do this. You are going to be this. You are going to like, this is the path that you have to take. And the arts, for some reason, just is, was never seen as a valid way to mm-hmm. make a living. It wasn't, it means some people were could be artists, though, like, you know, oh, he can be an artist. That's fine. But you mm-hmm. can't.
0: Right. You know, yeah.
1: and I felt that a lot when I was growing up. Of like, oh, of course, like they can be writers, but you can't be a writer. You're going to be a doctor. That's what my whole family was hoping that I would do.
0: Mm -hmm. So I know that you spoke earlier when you were talking about how um, being proud of your own um, creations, your own writings, like sharing them and um, that kind of thing. I know that there's some people are also having time not only with the sharing of their work once they create it, but they also are dealing with the fact that, like, how do they come up with a writing schedule um, if they're having mm-hmm. a hard time finding resources? Like, well, what do I publish? Do I sell? Like, what are the publishing options? Like, how did, how do they find like editors and illustrators? Like, is there a, a site? Or is there like, what, what do those people who have no clue what to do, how did, how do they get that get that started yeah that's a
1: great question i would say first and foremost if you're if you just have like no idea what to do i would go on twitter and do hat like um search hashtags like hashtag m writing hashtag writer community twitter Mm. i yeah twitter has a great community of writers also um, mm. Online and mm-hmm. you and people share their information. That's another thing that I really like about the writing That's community. Awesome. Yeah, people will help you. Um, they're very accessible,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, so I would say you know start there. Um, okay. Then there's also different organizations. So if you are if you're just wanting to get into or understanding self publishing, no matter what mm-hmm. genre you're writing for, um, there's IBPA Independent uh, Book Publishers Association. They are great. They're, they are so wonderful in like the information that they have on how to do it. They have mm-hmm. classes, online classes. They have seminars. They have workshops. They were a great resource for me when I was trying to figure out how to distribute my book once it was printed. Um, there's if you if you want to venture into children's book writing, there's mm-hmm. SCBWI, Society of Children's Book. Writers and illustrators. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a again an incredible organization. It's very diverse. Um, they are d- they're doing the work to diversify and be inclusive, which I really um, appreciate about them. Mm-hmm. But that that's another uh, organization where like even if you're just a beginner, you can start there and just learn like what do you need to do? What do you how do you work on your craft? What classes can you take? What books can you read? Those types mm-hmm. of things. I would definitely start there.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. That was some great resources. Thank you. you just off the, straight <laughs> off the dome, huh? Thank you. <laughs> so before we get out of here, we're going to do one last game. It's called A Game of This or That. I'm going to give you two options, and you have to choose one. And you can't sit here and think about it. You've okay. got to choose it okay okay well i can't look at you then okay don't don't look at me they don't know we're we we are on we're we're also on video we're okay so don't look at me you make me me nervous okay okay all right first one (laughs) michael jackson or prince prince oh girl prince nope that's nope that that's it (laughs) paperback books or audio books paperback nice sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie pumpkin oh, pumpkin sweet potato I'm judging <laughs> no I'm judging I'm judging I'm judging you stumbled so you wanted to say pumpkin pie but you were intimidated cuz you know how much I like sweet potato pie you like pumpkin pie don't you girl I don't like pie oh you don't like pie <laughs> that's right you from um from the cake eating you like cake I love cake <laughs> okay that's all right. I love cake too. You, you're back. Okay, we're back. Right. We're back, friends. Okay. Okay. No pie. No pie. Okay. So he, heels or sneakers? Heels. Really? Yeah, because I can't wear them anymore. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Beach or it. beach or mountains? Beach. Cook or order food? Order food. <laughs> Erica Baidu or Lauren Hill? Girl. Hey. Lauren. Comedy. Or <laughs> comedy or action movies? Comedy. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Uh indoors or outdoors? Co- Pre-COVID? Outdoors. <laughs> Okay.
1: Yeah. We ain't trying to go out there and be dangerous. It's going to be 2025 before I go outside again.
0: Okay. So Angela, before we get out of here, do you have any encouraging advice that you would like to share with our listeners who are struggling with any type of confidence with their craft or just anything of that nature? That old Shakespeare saying to thy own
1: self, be true. Mm. You know who you are better than anybody else. Trust your gut. We are, we are so programmed not to trust our instincts and our gut and it's like, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So trust it and take a step, take one step every day towards whatever you want to do. Um, that's all it takes. And then suddenly you're going to be running. So mm-hmm. um, take a chance. You've got nothing to lose. A no, that's cool. But when you get that yes, then mm-hmm. that
0: changes everything. So don't give up. Oh. I'm so glad that we did this so people could get to know us. Uh, know the people who are behind the mic. And it was fun. I had fun. Well, I'll tell you once I listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> she had fun, too. I did. I did. I did. I did. Thank okay, you. I'm so, glad we did it. Well, fellow creatives, that concludes this episode. Uh, this episode of Living Creatively with your host, Monica Parks. And, and Angela Dalton. Remember, you can also connect with us on Instagram at Living Creatively Now, the Living Creatively Podcast Facebook page, and on our website, thisislivingcreatively.com to subscribe or to send us questions that you'd like us to answer or advice you may need as a fellow creative. Thank you for joining us and being a part of our Living Creatively community. Always remember to protect your heart, protect your mind, and protect your gift. Until next week, bye. Bye.